Good CEOs build and maintain successful companies. Great CEOs build and maintain influential ones. We're connecting with successful business leaders on how to create the impact within your organization that transforms it into one of influence at the CEO Roundtable. How are you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce. Welcome to the CEO Roundtable podcast. Today, I'm joined by the president of the Illinois Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, Jaime de Paulo. Jaime, thank you for being here. Hey, Tony, it's a pleasure. No, it's my pleasure. That you're, Great you're, place you got here, man. I appreciate you. Appreciate it. Yeah, no, uh, we've known each other for, for a few years now. That's right. You mm-hmm. were one of the first ones I met when I, when I took over the reins of the chamber. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Look at that. I feel honored. <laughs> but uh, tell me a little bit about where, where you're from originally. You're from Mexico, right? Born and raised in Guadalajara, Jalisco, Mexico. Very proud Mexican. I love that. I love but that. I love the United States. Both both sides of the world, right? That's right. Tell me about uh, how you how you get over here. How, how, why Chicago? How'd you end up here? Well, it's a long story. I came to the United <laughs> States as an exchange student uh, into really? Denver, Colorado, 1980. Wow! Because I, I was a travel teen in Guadalajara, so my mom <laughs> decided to send me over. So. And I loved it. And I never went back. I went back, uh, and then I went back to college, to Mexico City. Okay. Because I couldn't get into a Guadalajara uh, University because they, they did not accept my credits from high school okay. in the United States. So I, ha- so I went mm-hmm. to the Universidad Autónoma Nacional, Universidad Nacional Autónoma de México, mm-hmm. go, go Pumas. <laughs> uh, and then I came back to the United States following my girl, right, from my, my high school sweetheart. Three kids later, no a couple way. of divorces. Here I am, man, you know. Just <laughs> the all-American all boy, you know. That's so funny. And, and so now the president of the Illinois Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. Well, tell me a little about the, you know, the organization, what you guys do. Well, what, what the question is what we don't do. Right? <laughs> we, 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 uh, we basically help any Latino business or any businesses grow, access to capital, you know, get everything in place so they can make sure they succeed and don't close their doors. Lately, we've been calling, you know, somebody mentioned the other day, you like the Red Cross. You're actually helping businesses survive, and, and that's what we're doing right now. And with this COVID, this tragedy, we're making sure we don't lose many businesses than we thought we were going to lose and give them the resources so they can stay afloat, they can stay alive, and they can they can keep people employed, which is the key. Because at the end of the day, small businesses are the heart of our communities. They really are. They really are. How did you get involved with this? How, you know, what was the career path that took you to becoming this you know, president of helping people in the Hispanic community? Well, that's a good question. I think... Uh, you know, I never, my wildest dreams thought about being in, in business. I, really? I, I grew up uh, with the Chicago movement in Colorado and a, a little bit of socialist, a little bit of social justice in me. In fact, I took a couple of classes on Chicano studies in the University of Colorado. And I really liked the history, you know, why the border was moved and why the Latinos, you know, been surviving for so many years and, and through the generations in the United States. That was my thing. And all of a sudden, I get you know I started looking for a job, and I get a job in economic development. So that's how I started the economic development piece in my career, and here I am leading the one of the biggest chambers in the United States. So wow, I didn't realize that. Where where does it rank in terms of the size uh, in Illinois? From my understanding, one of the the biggest, right? Not the biggest chamber of commerce in Illinois. It, it, judging by our numbers, it is the biggest chamber in the state of Illinois, wow. and arguably the Midwest. 
I mean, there's bigger chambers like in, in California, Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, uh, Florida, Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, but in the Midwest, I think we are num numero uno, my friend. Wow. That's pretty impressive. Congratulations. Yeah. Well, that comes with a lot of responsibility. So hopefully they can put some dollars into that, but no, we got to do our own fundraising. That's the bad thing about this, but, but we have fun doing it. We really, our team and I really care about small businesses and we, we really might want to make a difference in this world and making sure every small business is taken care of and we get the right access and, and you know, we fight and, and, and talk about, uh, you know, we need to make sure we position Latinos in, in, in positions of power so we can all grow together as community. And that's what's been lacking here in Illinois, for example. I was just sharing with you a few minutes ago. According to the census, we are 50,000 people away to be the majority in Chicago. Wow. I mean, we are probably already the majority in all senses of the word because this is the guys did not fill out the census. <laughs> so what are we doing about it? Right. Do we have the political power? Do we have the political people in place so they can help our community? No, we don't. So it's our responsibility to make it, make sure that happens. So a podcast like this is going is only going to help. And I would really, Tony, thank you so much. Uh, no, it's my pleasure. Obviously, you know, uh, it's not, I mean, it's selfish for me, right? In the sense that uh, growing up being Mexican and, and, and having a heart for that, but it's also just a, it's a human equality thing, right? To, to see yourself and other people and to know that, you know, you can make a difference. Why wouldn't you? That's right. I was just sharing with you. Uh, we just had a gala last Thursday and the, the main speakers were everything but Latino. So it makes you wonder, where are the Latinos? Do we have Latinos in leadership position that can come and talk to our youth? If you are, come out, speak Absolutely. out, man, because Absolutely. you have a responsibility to take us all along the path. Well, and, and take me through that. I mean, I mean, you say, you know, you, I, mean, I think like anybody else, anybody who's troubled as a teen or whatever was trying to find their ways. And, you know, obviously you found it and made some good with it. But as you came to the United States and specifically out to Denver and, you know, now, now being, having been in Chicago for so long that, you know, what were some of the things that you observed from that cultural perspective of, you know, I'm, I'm Mexican, I have this, this this background in it, but now I'm in this other country, and, you know, it's not just like it's any other country, it's one that's so close to Mexico, and, you know, it's a, like you said, we're 50,000 people away from being a majority. What, what was that like for you to experience that from that perspective of seeing your people here, but in such a different way than they were back home? Well, that, that, that's a pretty deep question, <laughs> you know, if it, but it's very hard to answer. But uh, when you get to the United States, they always tell you this is the melting pot. Mm -hmm. And that gets drilled on you. But it's not. This is like a salad bar, a <laughs> smorgasbord. Everybody brings in something different to the table. And that's what makes this country unique. So don't ever, don't ever, don't ever lose who you, who you are as an identity. That's my, my consejo, my advice to you. Yeah. Because... You are going to throw it into the mix. So, but you always have to defend who you are and always speak out for your race, for you, where you come from. So being in this country is very difficult sometimes to, to move. Uh, you know, I, I'm happy to be my, t and I happen to get mistaken by a white guy because I got blue eyes, uh, white skin. But that doesn't Same, make right. less Mexican or Mexican than anybody else. I, I was born and raised in Mexico and that's all I know. Right, right, right. right. So, and I guess how does that change your perspective in terms of the those the perceptions, right? Like being seen a certain way, but obviously having that culture, it, it probably makes for a different experience than someone else who uh, is mistaken for being Mexican, right? And and, and or, or identified as that way. What, what, I guess what goes through your head when that happens? Well, it really makes me upset that that I get treated differently than, than somebody with a darker color of skin, and I really do. 
And I'll give you a story. For example, my first wife, I've been, you know, I've been married several times. I, I just chose the wrong ones, but now <laughs> I got the good one. Uh, but uh, Congratulations. my first wife, you know, she was, she was Mexicana from, from uh, my second wife, I'm sorry, from, from uh, Zacatecas, right? She, you know, her, you know, like Morena, she used to love to shop and then she used to always like to return stuff. And she used to send me to return stuff because I have, I was never questioned mm. about a receipt. And she always got hackled by a receipt. Interesting. So I opened my mind and said, well, what, what's going on here? Why I get treated differently? So I always, I make it a point to, you know, to speak out and make sure people get the same treatment everybody else does. For sure. And, and I guess, is that where you saw kind of, maybe it was at the beginning of, of feeling like you wanted to be in that position of leadership in the Latino community to, to, to kind of change that narrative? Yeah, I mean, I... I, I you know, I'm in a position right now I can actually help, right. you know, and, and, and speak out and speak to our elected officials about that. And, and I do that every chance I get. So, yes. And, and obviously, you know, <clears throat> we've heard some of those things that you've identified as problems, uh, you know, and, and having to defend yourself. And, you know, that's a that's a lot, right, to, to, to bear that weight all the time and, and feel like, man, you're constantly having to defend who you are. How are you taking those experiences and, and turning it into something through the Illinois Hispanic Chamber of Commerce where you're you know, finding success, paving the way, so that people don't have to feel that way all the time? So we, we got to look back to the past a little bit. And I know you have, you know, we, we talked no, about this a little bit. Yeah, a little I, know bit. You, I know you were. <laughs> but uh, you, you, you need to understand where we are and, and because who what happened in the past, this is who we are right now. So we, we, we make the mistake in Chicago, for example, the, the Mexican community came in the 50s, you know, the overall, the big group that came mm -hmm. and, and, you know, and started going into Pilsen and, and Little Village later and then everywhere else. But uh, you need to look back and see what was done. Like, for example, the Cesar Chavez movement, the those guys are really starting doing the, the movement to, to have equality in this country and then move forward and then just you know, take they 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 started paving the road, so you don't have to reinvent the wheel on this. You just got to learn from the past and move, and then help pave the way to, for for a better generation. Absolutely, and I guess what are some of those things from um, you know just from a leadership perspective in terms of a vision for the IHC? Like, what do you hope for? What what are some of the things initiatives that you're working for that aren't in place right now, but that you hope to see in the near future? So. Not all Latino businesses are in in in, in uh, business corridors. You know, the majority of Latino businesses are not in business corridors. They're everywhere. They're landscapers. They have companies in, in, in construction, IT, and everything else. And they're not in 26th Street or 18th Street or Division Street. So we got to understand that because we 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 tend to think that every Latino business is, is on 26th Street just because it's a Latino-driven community. So, but. Having, underst having an understanding of that, then you can really move ahead and start empowering those businesses to grow, prepare them for contracts with government. For example, the number one consumer in the world is the U.S. government. And there's no reason why every company should have access to those contracts. So that's what we do as a chamber, prepare any company that walks through the door to, to have access to government contracting. They just don't build roads and bridges. They also buy bread. For the jails, you know, they, they right. buy sodas, they buy they buy toilet paper for the offices. So if you have a business, you you better make sure you have those licenses that gives you opportunity to sell to the U.S. government. It's only going to improve the economy. Absolutely, 
And one of the things that we had talked about too was just uh, how when you stepped in, uh, assuming the, the 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 role of president of the IHCC, you know, one of the first orders of business you had was to make sure that the the people in in, in positions of leadership were Latino, right? That it reflected uh, the organization. What it, and, and then we talked about like Telemundo being that it's there's not a Hispanic leading it. There's not a Spanish person leading that. What responsibility? One, do businesses like that, like a Telemundo or Univision, have um, to that responsibility of of being able to put someone in that position of leadership, but also as a community to make the demands that we see that. You know, what talk to me a little bit about both sides of that and and what we can do to change that. So so. As Latinos, we we are very good people. We we, we you know we, we avoid conflict because that's who we are as Latinos, right? So 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 when I when I tell people that we need to demand and stop asking, and I think uh, that that's that's a good start from the get go. If if everybody will just stop watching, for example, this TV channel you just announced, people will take notice and change or, or, or people don't buy, or businesses don't buy that advertising because you don't see yourself reflecting in the leadership of that station. You can make a lot of changes, but you just don't have to sit there and get comfortable. That's the problem. So, you know, because it doesn't happen to me, I don't say nothing. No, it, it happens to you. It impacts you too. It impacts every single Latino in the city, man. Come on. You got to, you got to see yourself as that person. No, I, I agree. I agree. And, you know, I guess too that it, when, when you have you know, a business or a business owner come in through the IHCC and and you see them, you know, in a certain way or they're they're striving for something and and you know you help them out. What what have you found to be the greatest factor in success of determining when someone goes from you know one level and levels up to to whether they be more employees, you know, higher revenue, or more exposure. You know, what are the the things that as an organization you've seen be most successful when people uh, do those things that you recommend or implement for them? Well, the first thing is is to, you know, to grow the business. Uh, there's there's an issue in Latino businesses. We keep reading that businesses, Latino businesses, are opening businesses left and right. Just so you know, in Illinois, it's about 170 thousand Latino businesses. Wow. But 80 percent of those are in the Chicago metro area, which is a huge amount of businesses. But over 90 percent of them are less than 20 employees. So there's a problem. Yeah. I mean, why they don't want to grow? We need to understand that and comprehend why you're not getting the access to capital. Are they treating differently than anybody else? Do, do, do bankers see them with another eye? And that's a really, really big issue in our communities. Or maybe the the owner of the rest of the restaurant or whatever business they just reach the you know the comfort level. They don't want to take it beyond that. So that's for us to understand and help them out and really start making those companies grow what they deserve to be. And I guess, what do you think the biggest factor is? I mean, is, is it that they're being seen a certain way? Is it more of a, a, you know, a psychological struggle than it is a, uh, you know, them even attempting it? So like, are we getting turned down or is it that um, we're just not even trying? Well, it's all of the above, yeah. but is the access to capital the big issue? And the studies out there, there was a study just released a few months ago by Bank of America. And the biggest issue is access to capital. But why? I mean, yeah. why is why a, a, a Latino business is not having the same access of the, the Mr. Smith business? So we need to understand why and comprehend why why somebody gets treated differently, or or, or they get more requirements, or, or what's the deal here? So our job as a chamber is to figure that out, and that's what we're doing. With we have a partnership and collaboration with the Aspen Institute, 
And that's exactly what we're doing now, trying to comprehend the reason why and create a policy institute that's only going to create the right data so we can promote good legislation that's going to help impact our community. Absolutely, absolutely. And what about for those? Like, What, what advice would you give to an individual that wants to start a business, what will be the best approach to find that success from the very beginning, right? What are some of the things to think about, maybe even getting in the right mindset? But, you know, what advice would you give uh, to that individual? Well, you know, these, in order to have success in the business world in the United States, is we need to, we need to learn how to use other people's money. And, and, and that's very hard to comprehend in our community. Yeah. Uh, it's very difficult. That's one of those terms that you, that somebody... It's very difficult to accept the new generations. So having those businesses understand the value of having good credit and the value of asking for a loan is only going to improve your businesses and not risk your livelihood because we always commit that mistake. We have a house, tenemos una casita. We, 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 you know, we open up a businesses and we get a loan against the casita. Mm -hmm. If the businesses goes wrong, there yeah. goes the casita, bro. So for then sure. you're out. So if you learn how to use credit properly and, and utilizes the, the right certifications or the right uh, the business model, you can actually, if the businesses go wrong, you don't lose your patrimony. You just lose the money you right, own. Right, right, right. So right. That's, that's, that's key to, for, for us to grow as business community in the United States. Absolutely. And what about just, I mean, I guess on that note, you, you, there are a lot of uh, professionals out there that, that are dedicated to uh, you know, finance and the financial industry or whatever that may be, you know, insurance, investments. What, for those listening, could we do or organize in a way that brings that sense of financial literacy to the community that I think is desperately needed? That's right. But, you know, it, you got to be very culturally relevant. Not because you speak Spanish, you, you're going to have my trust. So if you're out there, if you, if you are... A Mexican background, a Puerto Rican background, or whatever Latino background you are, you will earn the trust of the community. I mean, because our community has been stolen, has been lied to, stolen. You know, people have robbed us because, and false dreams because of those reasons. Yeah. So you need to really comprehend who your client is and talk to them in a way it's culturally relevant. Yeah. I think that's the key. That makes sense. That makes sense. And, you know, I, I guess even. For those like as students, more than anything else that we aspire, one of the things that we're trying to do, obviously, is that mentorship, right, between generations of seeing uh, leaders, right? What responsibility we have as not only for ourselves, but to think about the future, right, where there's, I mean, I don't know how it was for you growing up, but I didn't feel like I had access to mentors that, that like you said, have that cultural um, relationship to me. Well, yeah, I mean, I have children, and and, I, and the, I want the best for my children, right? Yeah. My, my, well, I have a three adult children and a 12-year-old. So obviously, I'm a mentor for my children, right? So I wish everybody out there would, would mentor their kids so they can do... I mean, obviously, as a parent, you want the best for your child. So we owe it to them to, to have a better world for our children, right? So... And the better world is, is the day we, we can see ourselves in, in, in positions of power as, as, a, as a Latinos, right? <clears throat> so we have to do everything possible to get there. So I owe it to my community and I owe it to my family to make sure I do that every day. So every day I always beat the drum <laughs> that we need to have more representation. 
people need to speak out and people need to start demanding stuff. Yeah, no, absolutely. And so tell me about a little bit more about the ICC in terms of the, um, the events, because uh, community is obviously a huge part of that, and, and you guys bring that um, to life through these events. Tell me a little about what you do and you know, if people are interested in joining. Yeah, you know, it's our, our COVID put a, put a, little, a little hint about uh, our events because we couldn't do any events, but we finally opening up. We had a big gala last week uh, where 550 people attended. And we have several events planned. Like in the end of October, we have a roundtable with one of the biggest development in the nation, which is called One Central Station. He's going to be speaking to a small group of construction companies. But again, they need to give him access to those contracts. Otherwise, we don't want him speaking. Yeah. And then we have a big breakfast with transportation. Hopefully, we can get the Secretary of Transportation to come and talk to us about wow. the... Uh, the, the infrastructure dollars are coming down the pipe where we need to prepare our companies to do business with government. If you're not, if you, if you are not certified, you're not going to be able to, you're going to be left out again. Yeah. So make sure you prepare for that. And we have the programs that can help you get certified if you're in the construction landscaping or any, or architectural, anything <clears throat> related to construction, come see us. We will make everything possible to make sure you get the proper uh, certification so you can access those big major dollars people have been talking about. It's true, but you just need to do it the right way, and we are here to help. We don't charge you a penny. It's free, it's free of cost. Wow. We get paid on the other end. Trust me, we do get paid. <laughs> we, we have contracts with the U.S. Department of Transportation, the, the, the uh, state of Illinois, and many others to offer these services at no cost. So just drop us a note at info at iccbusiness.net and we'll be happy to put one of our one of our 18 full-time employees to work with you and make sure you have those access to those dollars. That's amazing. Well, if you're out there listening and you want to uh, get a hold of Jaime or the ITC, there's that email address and you can also contact him directly through the uh, form below, which you know they'll get directly. But you know, Jaime, I, just, uh, I appreciate you coming in, sharing a little bit about your story, but obviously about the HCC and some of the initiatives that you have for for the latino community hey i think thank you so much tony i think uh, what you're doing is a great thing what i really wanted for me before i die is to see a latino surname in the white house so i'm 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 putting my little granito de arena you know in, into this so i hope everybody does too i appreciate it thank you brother thank you